Hello story lovers and storytellers and welcome to Once Upon a Storytime, the podcast for all your storytelling needs. I am, as always, your wonderful host Sarah McGilvray and, and Andreas is with you today. We are recording this together, physically on location. Yeah! As we, this is uh, like uh, our first top five episode of this podcast. Yep. And we are going to talk about something that we both have discovered we have a passion for when it comes to adventure games. We both like adventure games. Now, the interesting thing is, Andreas, when it comes to adventure games, is retro. Whereas I tend to be more geared towards modern stuff. So we are, I think we complement each other quite well. Um, just to clarify, I know we did a top three of our favourite genres, but that was with me and Zach, and I don't count it. <laughs> well, not really. Um, so, and yeah. and it's my first top five with Andreas. Yeah. So. And I think also we should try to discuss some of the storytelling mechanics in a compute in a adventure driven game. I think this is a very good idea. So, shall we get into the list? Yeah. Place five. Number five. Message quest. Message Quest is a lovely little game where you basically are a person playing the game and it does have some fourth wall breaking, which is fun. Um, and basically you are encouraging someone to send a message to somebody else. I know that that sounds really basic, but there's more to the story than meets the eye. We are posting all the links to the games that we are mentioning in the description below. If they are available, we have certain games that one game on my list is not has not been re-released on uh, GOG. Yeah. Yes. So we will. You have to basically do an abandoned word download and play it in ScumVM. But ScumVM is a really handy system. It's very very hassle free. That's good. And an open source project, which is always good. Yes. So the beauty of Message Quest is that this is more about the art style than anything. It is done as it basically it looks like a stained glass mirror, or a stained glass. Uh, they all the bits that you have are in stained glass and it's a really cool aesthetic and I really really like it because of that as well um the main the main protagonist starts off as this boring lazy good in quotation marks good for nothing uh, person who basically lies asleep all the time and doesn't attend and doesn't really pay attention in the lessons that he's supposed to be going to and the reason that he's been sent is because he's the last of his um, he's the last of his um, he's the last of the messengers and yeah 
so that's actually quite um i find that it's quite an interesting story there's also the fact that you have to kind of encourage him to do stuff by dragging him across the screen with the mouse which is just hilarious um and the story itself whilst incredibly simple um has in my opinion quite a bit of depth to it because there's obviously there's like there's a little bit of a mystery involved um because your main character kind of he can't quite remember how he got to where he is but yeah yeah, um it's definitely worth checking out and i would highly recommend it yeah and on my number five is an old lucas arts game from 1990 you mean 1990 sweetheart yeah 1990 (laughs) Uh, based loosely on the Tchaikovsky Swan Lake. Okay. Which is about a cult-like society of weavers. Okay. And you have a magic rod, and you uses, it uses a C major scale for different spells and stuff. Which is quite cool. I even, has, I even have written a university paper on this, on this game, so... There is one thing you haven't mentioned. Yeah. What's the name of it? Loom. Because it's based off a loom. Yes. It is quite deep and quite mystical, I would say. Basically, Art Shows and One and... Mm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But as always with LucasArts, if you get the boxed art copy, it contains a 30-minute cassette with the entire backstory. Wow, that's quite a feat. I mean, LucasArts was always one of those... Yeah. Yeah, and they had a very... They were like before their time with breaking the fourth wall and... All that kind of... Stuff. Fun stuff. They even made the Indiana Jones games. Nice. And cool. some other stuff. But the box start version is marvelous, as yes. all these adventure game boxes are. Yes. Because generally they contain quite much information. Mm. For some later games in this episode that we will discuss, require you to have the manual to play them. Yes. Because they count as information you need in game. Yes. Always interesting. But it was the way of doing stuff. We could had 1.44 megabytes to deal with. So Yes. It was a lot more forked into package design in those days. Mm. Whereas nowadays it tends to be more just download. Yeah, in some ways. And I have a box start copy of one of these games that are on our list, mainly because I replied to an, hey, I want to give away a lot of big box art PC games. Nice. And I actually find another one from a publisher, which we will discuss later on, that I will bring up for briefly. Yeah. So let's continue on to number four. My number four is a rather fun little game set in the land of 
odds called Emerald City Confidential. It's, it, there is possibly a slight amount of rip-offs of like um, other like, I can't remember if the end, like LA Confidential I think, maybe? Um, basically you play as Petra who is a citizen of Oz called an Aussian um, and it all starts when she is visited by a young ne uh, lady called Dee. Three guesses as to who Dee is in this. This is set, this is set somewhere between, um, there's a few book, um, there's a number of characters in there that appear in the books. For example, you have the Wizard of Oz, you have um, you have Woot the Wanderer, you have the Tin Man, you have the Scarecrow, you have Qu um, Queen Ozma, and um, a number of... Um, if you want to go and check out the lore of all of the books, uh, go look on Wikipedia, it's all on there. But there's a lot of different people that you can find and it's um and the reason i like it is because again there is a certain amount of mystery involved but also you're collecting like you're collecting buttons you're um you're trying to work out this mystery you get to fight against mombi you get to um and with the wizard as your coach which is awesome and um all of these different, um, all of these different um, people that you find in the Wizard of Oz books, but at the same time, you've got all, uh, you've got a number of different, um, you've got a number of different characters again from the books, and um, the story itself works out quite well. There's also the fact that the the characters in this are all grown up and adult, whereas in the original book the um excuse me um whereas in the original books um none of the characters ever grow up because it's Oz and Oz keeps people young and I find it quite interesting the way that stuff happens and the art style is the, the art style again is really really lovely go and check it out if you get the chance I think it's available on Steam yeah yeah I checked this morning, eight ninety-nine euros. <coughs> okay. So or, quite low priced. It's a good price. Um yeah. most of the ones on my list will generally be a reasonably good price. Anyway. Uh my number four is a real legendary. This is like one of the genre defining games mm. game series. It went on, it got a new game. Between 1984 and 1998, developed by the so ever popular Roberta Williams. And the name of the game? King's Quest. Why am I not surprised? Go ahead. Well, it's another of these Sierra Online adventure games. They were really defining at the time. Mm. And King's Quest, Space Quest, yeah, we're coming down to another of these ones. But the interesting thing is the way of working with story and 
their adaptation of story into game, despite having a very primitive graphic setup. Mm. You have a very good story-driven basis for it, which makes it a pioneer game. Uh, these are sold in collection bundles, so you can get like, for less than for like eight pounds, you can get the first three games, and for eight pounds, the second round of games. Nice. And we will also come to Mr. Al Lowe later in this show. Nice. And he's been involved in King's Quest and whatever. Yes. But what you have to think of with King's Quest is uh, and the quest series of games that comes from Sierra is that they are quite procedural. Yes. You have to do stuff in correct order. Yeah. You must save, save, and save. Yes. Luckily, these games are quite easy to revive on a modern PC due to the SCI engine that they use which is compatible with ScumVM, which we have already talked about in this yes. episode, which is basically a way that you can play these games on a modern computer and get the full-fledged experience. Yeah. Well... Okay. And what is also to be said about Roberta Williams is that she developed one of the first FMV games there was. Nice! One of the most famous early late 90s horror games. Called? Phantasmagoria! Which I have never played and probably never will play. I've seen, um, if you go and watch, Push, if you ever watch Pushing Up Roses, uh, she does a review on it and it's quite, um, dark. It's quite graphic. And dark and yeah, go. Yeah. If you want to go check it out, go check it out, but it's not my cup of tea. Definitely not mine either, but it's good to mention yeah, that as definitely. this is what made her able do Phantasmagoria. Yes. And that the Sierra Company was so prominent in this genre as well. They were laying yeah. the foundation for games like Emerald City Confidential. Yes. Yeah. So. Okay. Number nice. three. Mm. Now I was originally I was originally going to go for something else, but I've um but I've swapped um so I swapped the one that I was originally going to do for another one. The uh, the one that I was originally going to do will end up in the honourable mentions because the other one was in the honourable mentions. If you followed that, well done. I'm very impressed. Um, so the my number three is the Room series. Now, um, the Room is. Into the room, the series called The Room is rather interesting. It give it's one of these kind of pieced together. Um, it's definitely a puzzle game. Um, it's got quite. Um, it's available on Steam. Uh, there are three games in the entire series. The third one has multiple endings. I don't know if they're going to do a fourth. It would be fun if they did, but yeah. 
and um, the first one you've been invited to a house and um, you go inside you start off inside you find a puzzle box you look you kind of go um, you solve all these different puzzles but in the meantime you're piecing together the law by letters that you find within the get um, that you find within mm. the game um it's also fun to try and do it without any hints because it's because some of the puzzles aren't always the most logical but um but you figure it out eventually you also have a special eyepiece that allows you to see things that you can't normally see and the puzzles themselves are really cool and fun and intricate and it's beautifully designed and i seem to be saying that for every single game i play which is kind of fun, but also a bit, yeah. Um, so it's um, um, so it's your job to try and figure out what the history of of, of it all is, and um, discover this thing called um, oh, incidentally, spoilers, um, the null element, and you go through each different game, learning more and more and more about this, and eventually you come to um, you find out a lot more about all like all of the people that have come across this element and especially in the second game and in the third game you end up in this place called Raven's Hole and you have to try and solve all the puzzles there and um, the first ending basically you end up in a loop because the guy tricks you which is kind of annoying but you manage to get three different endings after that which is always fun and it's really worth um, checking the entire series out it's a beautifully yeah. crafted game there is a certain amount it does say that it's it's more creepy and there is a certain kind of not quite jump scare factor but um similar to jump scare factor that can make you go <gasps> obviously because it's yeah. i'd be jump scared there's um there's th there's things there's small things like skulls and stuff which aren't the nicest thing but the game itself is worth playing i think yeah and now we come to my number three another sierra game as you might notice i'm a fanboy i've noticed yeah <laughs> and i will talk about the police quest series okay it's a graphical adventure. It was originally developed by a unretired police officer. Yeah. But here comes the big but. It referred so much to police procedure that it was basically impossible for another one to play it. You can die of such a simple thing that of checking the ring pressure on the tires before you go out of patrol. Yeah. You crash the car. Yep. You're dead. Yes. Which is a typical thing for these games from Sierra. They require a meticulous amount of detail. Yes. But it also feels bad to feels good to release the inner cop inside you yeah definitely and to hunt this drug lord and 
to not spoil too much of the third game, there are a series of ritual murders as well. Ooh, okay. But you are to solve these murders and get the brain behind them. So it's a very interesting game series. You go to car crashes, catch catching speeding cars. Gee. Getting fun. booking in inmates at the prison. Huh. That must be that this game has a very clever copyright system in that manner. That you have to have the manual yes. for these codes. Yes. Which you get when you buy it with GOG. Nice. So, definitely a buy on GOG rather than Steam. Steam are not so good with extra material at all times. So, yes. definitely a recommendation. And it's something quite satisfactional about playing a police yes. hunting criminals. So, that's cool. Yeah. Number two for you, Sarah. Number two for me. Um, you might notice that I tend to like series. Um, excuse me. Um, the no, my number two spot is the Phantasmat series. Now, Phantasmat is available from Big Fish Games. It is. It started out as being done by oh. I think ERS, I'm not sure, and got taken over by a company called IPIX, which is E-I-P-I-X, um, who do a lot of different kind of advent, um, who do a lot of different point and click games. Um, uh, it's not the classic summer games developer we are talking about. No. Just for the sake of information to our listeners. Yes. Um, good point, sweet. Yeah, um, it's um, it's point and click hidden object um, puzzle adventure. So you have a lot of hidden object puzzles, and that can be great. And it can also be a pain, especially when you're like me and like trying to get as many achievements as possible, which means that you go through you're going through every single thing that you can and then you make a mistake and you press the hint button and it and you lose one of your achievements it's like no um yeah and there are collectibles that you can collect and so the first one to give an example you cr uh, your car ends up being crashed because you i think it's something like you see spirits in front like in the front a bit like shazam the first boy in Shazam. Yes, but in this you don't and you don't end up um, you don't end up crashing the car because you suddenly get transported to a different place. You get you crash the car because some spirits suddenly appear in front of the car and start kind of saying "Help us! Help us!" And, um, oh. Things go weird. Yes, <laughs> things go weird from that point onwards, and you. Um, and you end up in this town, um, end up staying at this hotel place, and discover that. And um, spoilers, you discover that three the three people, 
at least the three or four people who are there, who are permanent residents, are ghosts. And you have to try and release them from their torment and so forth. But you also get to go into um, you get to go into a flooded town underneath all the um, um, like underneath um, underneath the water into the flooded town, which is quite fun. Yeah. Um, and um, you find, but um, the story itself is finding out what the story. The story itself is actually finding out the three different stories of the people in this town. Um, Ipix took it over after about three or four games, I think. Um, and they've made and they kind of revamped the series to a certain extent because you couldn't kind of keep the same story or like the same thing of you end up in a town you're trying to escape from it and you've also got these yeah. ghosts that you need to get rid of um instead it's gone more towards you have to rescue these people or something some most of them are still ghosts but you're hum you're still very much human which is fun but um some of the later games in the series can be quite interesting i think number there's one where there's this mm. kid who got stuck in a well because um and um yeah it, it's um it's definitely on the darker side and the graphics definitely resemble that yeah but it's uh, it's very much about being patient and about um like looking for clues and picking up all the little hints as to what's going on and yeah it's definitely a um it's definitely a um an interesting story yeah anyway my number f number two is dr brain series okay a shout out to Lazy Game Reviews on YouTube. You are doing edu. He's doing April as Edutainment Month. Nice, that's cool. And this falls clearly into this category. It's a series of games about the genius hidden. Okay. And you're about in the first game. You're at his castle. So it's basically getting deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into his castle. Nice. The second game, you are on his island trying to find the hidden battery. Okay. And in the third game, he's completely lost his memory. So you are repairing his mind, basically. Oh, fuck. Through a different number of tasks, including... Music, puzzling, logic, robot programming. Yes. A various things. A really great series that really tickles your brain at times, yeah. but it contains a lot of fun. And as always with these Sierra games, they have a very they play cameo roles in each other's games. So sometimes yes. you can find Sweetheart. So sometimes you can find cameos. That's always fun. 
like a game we will talk about later, Leisure Suit Larry. You will find Larry in certain games. Yes. Showing up in Cameo. Just like the DuPonts from Tintin show up in an Asterix album. Nice. That is cool. Uh, it's a really fun series of games that though takes their time and patience. As with all Sierra games, as they are procedural. Yes. But they're very intelligent in the way they are built up. Nice. It's a very friendly game. You have it. Yeah. It's cool. great fun. Now, before we go on to our number one um, uh, number one picks, we have some honourable mentions. Yes. So, uh, shall I start? Yeah. Okay. My honourable mentions are Zenga, um, Zen and Epistory Typing Chronicles. Now, Zenga is a lovely, very peaceful, very melodic game. It you have to try and put bits into a. Um, like different, you have different mechanics that come up during the game, and you have to try and put these shapes together, um, and eventually it creates a picture. And the story is told through the pictures. There's no text whatsoever, and it goes through this story of this little character. I think it's called Eon or something, and as he travels through space and apparently time which i hadn't realized and like goes through all these different things and uh, you there's also another character called starborn um the tie-in game is actually available um the tie-in game to this game is available on congregate with and is a really like really fun simple um cute game where you're playing as this Starborn character mm. um, and talking about what he does to affect the main story in some ways, which I always find interesting. And it, um, all the different pictures like are very much in sequence and quite interesting. And um, it's very circular game because you end up back where you started. The game itself only takes. Um, uh, only takes a couple of hours to play um, and it's also a really really chill game which is cool um, yeah secondly uh, like I said epistory typing chronicles you play as a girl riding a fox and you control either using the arrow keys or the letter keys but you're typing words and it's very much yeah. a typing story but you've also got these little bits of text that appear in the um, like on the ground and um, they're always quite it's telling a story of this particular person and this wonderfully fantastical world but there's also very much like human elements in there yeah um, there's a story underneath the story mm. in kind of and I um, and I always found that quite interesting. Excuse me. Um, and that was that was a really that one I've played for. Um, I've 
played on and off for a while and it's a beautiful story at the end. Um, there's a lot of achievements that you can get. I haven't managed to get all of them because I don't type fast enough <laughs> ever. Yeah. But it's worth just playing the beauty of it. There's also the fact that all of it is in origami. And it and the map itself just literally folds out as you play. Yeah. Which I think is so cool. Yeah. Now we come to my honourable mentions. Surprise, surprise. Mm. Uh, I must set number one, Leisure Suit Larry. Mm-hmm. Might be a bit of a controversial pick. Warning, young listeners. Yes. Because it's a game about sex. Okay. <laughs> you are a quite... You're a guy in a... The first game is called Leisure Suit Larry in the Land of Lounge Lizards. Mm. And you're basically... A guy on the way to try to find yourself a partner for the night. Okay. But it's done with an hilarious humor in it. Okay. As most Sierra games have a quite quirky and fun humor. Yeah. Uh, the game developer, the guy that has written this game, Al Lowe, which we'll come back to with my other honorable mention, mm -hmm. is famous. He has quite... It's not sexy, but it has a humor not of this world. It's quite <laughs> dry. Okay, yeah. Quite raw-grained, but... Mm. If I remember correctly, Leisure Suit Larry also doesn't exactly look handsome, does he? No. Yeah. <laughs> He's an anti-hero. Yes. To describe him correctly. And but what makes this game, I'm not so much into the whole sexy side of it. Yeah. But it's the humor. The humor makes the entire game in this case. Nice. And, yeah, it's hilarious. And so are... He was also involved in the King's Quest games. Yes. As he worked for Sierra for quite a while. Uh, another game of him that I'm going to talk about now yeah. is Freddy Farkas, Frontier Pharmacist. A game by the same developer as Leisure Suit Larry and with the same hilarious humour just in a wild western setting and nice dark stuff are happening and you get it basically it's a very fun game but a quite tricky game so it took me several puzzles in freddy farkas took me like 10 to 20 attempts okay just to get the sequence right of stuff. Yeah. But it's an hilarious game with an hilarious humor. If you're into if you like games with humor, you should really check out the Theme Hospital and Theme Park series. Okay. Because they have a huge 
hilarious yeah. humor. The next game I'm going to talk about is so dark that I quitted playing it. Okay. Alchemy Mysteries Prague Legends. Okay. It's set in Prague and what I find hard about this game is that you hear voices through the walls and stuff like oh, that. Okay. And it causes quite a bit of yeah, you are looking for a mystery for, from an alchemist in the 16th century. Okay. It's an amazing game. It's a lot about hidden objects. That's cool. But it can be, it's really, really creepy at times and makes you feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But the general quality of it, if it was a similar game available without the whispering walls, I would definitely play. Because cool. I love the city of Prague. I wish that someone would make a game. This is just me free-flowing fantasy that they would make a game based on the Gollum legend. Okay which is an amazing folk legend from the Czech Republic. Nice. He's said to be resting in a synagogue in the Jewish quarters in Prague, so... Okay. That's cool. This game mainly appealed to me because it said Prague. Yeah. I didn't really know what I was going into, and it's a sheep game, so... That's fair enough. Well, so, number one. My number one has always been, and probably will always be, the Dark Parable series. To give you a bit of background about the Dark Parable series, somebody at, um, somebody at Blue Tea Games, um, in conjunction with Big Fish Games, came up with the concept, what if fairy tales were in them, were like, alive and living in the modern world. Um, the first game is the mystery of Briar Rose. They've adapted the fair they adapted the fairy tale to make it so that when the um, that when the witch died and the prince came and kissed her and stuff, Snow White didn't wake up. Um, or sorry, Sleeping Beauty didn't wake up. Oh, no, it's the Curse of Briar Rose. Sorry, my mistake. Um, that game is the first game in the series. It has, um, it has, um, that and the second game both have secret areas, um, both have, like, secret areas that allow, that unlock when you do a second playthrough, um, which is quite fun, and you get hints as to the next game on that, on that particular one, and, again, it's a hidden object puzzle. However, the difference between normal hidden object puzzles and dark parables hidden object puzzles is that instead of finding loads of different items, you are making one item out of different parts that you find within whatever scene it is. And that can actually, that is actually a really interesting concept because it's like you're finding this one object and then you're going to do something with it later um, and that's always quite interesting yeah. um, 
The third game introduces the idea of the parables. Basically, it takes the story that you already know. The third one is the um, the third one is actually the um, excuse me, um, the story of Snow White. But the what if is what if Snow White was actually also the Snow Queen, and how would that work out, and how would that look, and. Um, the parables are literally stories of that link into the main story. You also get a bonus game at the end, because, um, which is effectively like DLC, but not because it's not downloadable. It's already included in the game if you buy the collector's editions, which surprisingly enough, I tend to do. Um, the latest, um, they were taken over by iPix for a while after about seven games. They then reverted back to doing Booty and iPix, which worked really, really well. Um, again, you've also got like morphing objects in there, but you've, um, there are so many titles in the series. It's really good. The latest one was, um, excuse me, um, was a legend that I've never heard of called Salt Princess, which talks about which I think is a Hungarian folktale. Um, oh wait, no, was it that one or was it? It's either that one or it was the Little Matchstick Girl. I think it was the Little Matchstick Girl, which um, is Horsia Anderson, which is Hans Christian Anderson which obviously is a fantastic game and the story is lovely and the idea is that um the girls the girls matches um grant well not exactly wishes but they come up with illusions that make it look as if the wishes have happened and it the the main one of the other things that you get in the store in the series is you get um you get different characters from the previous games coming back um for example in the fourth game in the series you get um excuse me um you get Briar Rose coming back as one of the Red Riding Hood sisters um in another game you get um Snow White coming back as the son of um oh um Ross Red and I can't remember the other one, um, uh, the other person involved, but the stories themselves are really well done and they interweave really well and tend to be quite interesting in that respect. So I always find them really, really good. Yeah. Anyway, your number one, my dear. My number one is a game that has made so many people rage quit. Yeah. It's that type of game, but it's a wonderful game. It's it was a the first game was the first real multimedia adventure game there was. Yes. We are of course talking about the Mist series. I have never played Myst. Andreas actually got me to play a bit last time I was here, and that turned out to be really fun. Um, the puzzles themselves aren't actually... The puzzles, bearing in mind I do puzzle games on a regular basis, 
aren't as difficult as people think they are. It's just they take a lot. They require a lot of concentration. I think it's not just that. The puzzles in Myst are often that you have to put together a lot of small bits of information. Yep. Nothing is really obvious. Yes, this is true. And in the first game you come to an empty island. Myst are generally an environment where you will meet two, three people the entire game. Yes. Except for in the fourth game when you're meeting with the Council of Nuns. But, yeah. Yeah. It's a fantastic game series. And why I put this as number one is because of its beauty. It's an art piece. And for those that have seen the Facebook post when we recorded this, we'll see that there is. A, I have a physical copy of the second game in the series. Yes. And these games took ages to develop. Yes, the second game was like five years in development or yeah. such like that. And they had 40 computers of that time to render the graphics. It's early 3D, but it stands up to modern era. And to my joy and pleasure, Cyan has gone really much into crowdfunding. So for the anniversary box set, which I couldn't afford, sadly enough, you get a copy of like an iPad with the look of the books. Nice. And stuff like that. So they are really good. And they have also been pioneers in wanting to make the older games available on newer platforms. Yep. Because let's face it, they use QuickTime, which is phased out by Apple now since a number of mm. years. So they've had to remodel quite much. Yes. But the remastered one are absolutely gorgeous. Yes. And I must also say that this series is, are very philosophical. Yes. Philosophical, quite demanding, yes. But such a beauty, such an art piece, such a, a full picture. Yeah. And it's one of those series that, um, in my opinion, not only to a certain extent stands the test of time, but has gone down in history as being basically like the first point and click 3D adventure game. Yeah, and they also worked very early with music and sound design in a time where most you would hear were bleep or ad-lib music. They used samples very early. Yep. And what I really like is the graphic style. It's yes. it's dark at times, of course. You come to an island with a destroyed library. Yes. In the first game. And then you could... It's the whole appearance of the series that appeals to me. I used to play this on an old Mac I once had 
from 1995, and it was a box set of CDs. That's how I got into the series. Nice. So it's definitely worth buying, especially as they just released game number three and four on GOG. Nice. And it was a GOG exclusive release. Yeah. So it's worth buying game number three and four. Game number three also has the benefit of it being a free-moving head, finally. Yes. The first two games, you have fixed perspectives. But in game number three and four, you have free-moving head, which mm. is absolutely adorable. Yeah. Which is good. How did it came that you started playing adventure games from the beginning? What makes you so fond of the genre? I think, for me, I, as you've probably gathered, I've always been interested in the story. Um, I love, like, uh, different art styles. I'm very much... Um, one of the reasons that I started playing, like, um, a lot of the Big Fish games that I've got, including the Dark Parables series, was because the, of the, um, was because of the story. Um, granted, the, um, basically, with the, um, Dark Parables series, you're playing as a, I think, possibly female detective. Um, the the gender is never really specified, but there's hints that you're playing as a female detective rather than as a male one, and you're investigating you're investigating story um you're investigating story um like fairy tale store uh, like stuff to do with fairy tales, yeah. and I've always found that to be a really good kind of starting point at least for me, because obviously I'm really big into fairy tales and myths and legends and you get the idea. Um, and as such, I always really enjoyed um, just playing them for the stories. Um, the art style always helps. Uh, the art, if the art style is good, then that helps. But I've come across some really good stories just because I've kind of been browsing on Steam or gone on to, um, or gone and gone on to Big Fish uh, or um, occasionally I look on GOG. I don't really get much on GOG though, but um, there's definitely yeah. like there's definitely stories out there to make you think. And I have a big bunch of adventure games that I haven't played yet because simply I'm going, I'm look, waiting for digital remaster releases. Of course. For like example the Gabriel Knight just to skip the hassle of changing discs. <laughs> yeah. It's quite worth that. it. Yeah. Uh, and also there is what I find interesting about adventure games is that I come from Originally from a side-scrolling platformer style gaming. Okay. Which also has a story, of course. But what I really fell for with Myst was the full sensory experience. input yeah. experience. Where, like, everything melts together. Yes. Anyway. And... Mm. 
especially Riven, they recommend you of being two people sitting by the same computer. Okay. So these are games where it's good to have a partner. Yes, definitely helps, I think. And yeah. it's fun if you've got somebody sitting by you and kind of looking at the puzzles with you and helping you through. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, we, um, well, I've been suggesting, um, and we, um, I think we should put it up to the audience, um, we've been thinking about maybe doing some Twitch streams at, um, of some of these games. We both have Twitch channels, so um, if you think that would be a really cool idea, um, please let's, give us a comment yes, of which game you would like. Or, yeah. Uh, I must also mention that um, it would be great if we could know which games you want us to play. Yeah, definitely. Especially when it comes to Sierra games and these older games can be tricky to get going. Yes. So we might need time for experimentation with technology and yeah. stuff. But... This is something we only can do when we are in the same room as well. So you will have mm. to be patient with us yeah. regarding live streams and such. Yes. But one thing I've also thought of is that we should do a Q&A at Definitely. some point. And we will see when that will happen. Mm. So please feel free to write us your questions on our Facebook wall. Or, and, on, or on YouTube comments or anywhere or yeah. Yeah. And make sure to like our Facebook page where once upon a story time. Yes, which we will link in the description. Of course we will. <laughs> yeah. We are very pleasant to be here today with you all listeners out there, yeah. wherever you are. It's always interesting to start gaming. To, stu to study games and games history, as I have done quite much. Yep. And I hope at some point we will be able to make it to do an interview with someone. We have some dream guests when it comes to adventure games. Yes. Some people that have worked at Sierra. Yes. So we will hope that we will be able to catch those people at some point in this podcast. Yes. To basically talk about how it was being in the company at that point. And yeah. Yeah. So up until then. Have a good have a good day and we will see you next time. Where we will be talking about something completely different yeah. because we don't know. <laughs> yes. Um, um, so yeah, anyway, um, we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.